Ugly. Excuse me, y'all. I'm sick. You want to start? Oh, no, we can keep going. <laughs> I'm sick, y'all. And it is what it is. So you're going to get what you're going to get. If you hear some snot, it's just some mucus. Yeah. Mr. God. The if you hear some coughing, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to be, you know, I don't know, get it out of my system. Yes, the tables have turned. Um, you were sick for a month. <laughs> so far, I've been sick for two months. I mean, two weeks. I was say two months, um, but she dead. Uh-uh. And hopefully, you know, we going to get this out of my system by this weekend because I'm over it. Girl, what you going to do for Thanksgiving? Like, you are not going to be able to taste your food. I can't taste nothing now. I got my heater on my feet because it's cold. And then I got a humidifier by my face because the dry air is just doing too much to no, my nose I'm and my so- sinus right now. I'm saying I don't like, know what I'm gonna do with Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't know. I can't eat nothing, and it's not like I can eat. It ain't like my mama up here cooking. The food I was gonna eat anyway was probably gonna be trash. Wait, Sorry. so you oh you're not going home, right? No, I'm not going home. Because, I'll be up here by my lonesome. Cause they doing the white people Thanksgiving. Who? Oh yeah, my family. So, and just for clarification, if anybody doesn't know why we call it a white people Thanksgiving, it's a Thanksgiving. I call it's a destination Thanksgiving. I don't know why we couldn't just stay our asses at home in Mississippi and just come together as a family. No, y'all want to go to Myrtle Beach and shit or Florida, just have Thanksgiving where you can't even get the good seasonings and like, you know, the concoctions y'all make for the greens and stuff at somebody else's house. I'm just disappointed. So they really which still is why doing I didn't it. go nowhere. Yeah, I'm not going nowhere. Man, I wish I would have came home because then you could have came to Auburn birthday party and like met him. Yeah, they messed that up. I know you just want a regular ass Thanksgiving with beans, I really do. Greens, potatoes, tomatoes, turkey, oh dressing. Like I really just cheese. want some dressing, macaroni and cheese, fried turkey, sweet potato pie. Oh, yeah, I have fried turkey. pie. Yeah, we deep fried turkeys. I've never had a fried turkey before, but oh my, my mama, God. my mama will fuck up like a baked turkey. Like she injected, she injects it full of seasoning. Can I, I tell say you, something? It should be juicy, bro. I've never had a baked turkey. It's so good. <laughs> oh I've my only had a fried turkey. It's so good. It's so good. Swear to God, like. I'm gonna be fucking that shit up, and that's why I'm like Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Like fuck Christmas, like a whole day just dedicated to good ass food. And desserts and family. Mm-hmm. I fuck with that shit. And itis. When that itis hits you and you gotta go take that nap before you have your second plate. Mm-hmm. How many plates you eat on Thanksgiving, Disney? I think I get a good two in. But see, when I start <laughs> off, I have multiple plates. I don't like for my food to touch. Like oh my, my dressing and my turkey can be on one plate. But my greens need to be on a plate by themselves because the juice be going everywhere. My macaroni <laughs> oh my and cheese is a standalone plate. So you, you're doing too much. Plates. What the fuck you eating this And then, <laughs> at home. And then I don't like my bread to get soggy. So my oh bread my is God. probably not on the plate. It's probably on the paper towel. Oh, oh up my God. And then I have to go back <laughs> when I want to get dessert. And that's another plate. I hate for my food to touch. I don't like when other flavors like tap into each other. I like it's for them to be standalone the dishes. Way. I do not care if it's touching my tongue. I need to taste exactly okay. what I want to taste. So dessert plate, what you, what y'all, what y'all be having for dessert? Like, do y'all have peach cobbler? I have always this? make pecan pie, and my pecan pie, in my opinion, is always fire. Okay. We also have sweet potato pie. My mom makes a lemon meringue pie, 
it is so good. We also have like this cheesecake type pie thing. Mm-hmm. It's weird, but it's so good. Um, we always got brownies. We always got a real velvet cake somewhere. We have a hummingbird cupcakes. I know for sure. And we may have a seven up cake, but I don't know. So y'all don't do banana pudding or peach cobbler for Thanksgiving? Oh shit, I forgot about the banana pudding. We definitely do banana pudding, but we don't do peach cobbler. Interesting. Do y'all not like peach cobbler? Um, I don't think we really grew up on peach cobbler. Oh, okay. and I've only had one person's peach cobbler. Who is it? Um, somebody grandma. Okay. Okay. We got really sidetracked, you know, talking we really about the did. Thanksgiving. We went straight for Thanksgiving. Honestly, I'm so excited. Like, I'm excited to be around my family. This is going to be Auburn first Thanksgiving. Because what's funny is that mm-hmm. around this time of Thanksgiving last year, my nigga, he was just born. He it was, was like, his birthday is on the 10th. So, literally, he was literally two weeks old. And I just he remember when I walked in the apartment from them picking me up from the airport. And he was laying mm-hmm. on a pillow. He was asleep. And he was sitting beside his mom. And I was like, this baby looks so fucking fake. This baby looked like a doll. It was just so mm-hmm. weird seeing that baby outside of her stomach and knowing, like, my brother actually had a baby. Holy damn. This shit is real. <laughs> I remember I FaceTimed you and your sister the day after that. And y'all was cooking. And, mm-hmm. you know, to see the baby. And I'm like, this is crazy. Now, Auburn is, like, trying to walk and... It's climbing over everything. So he got, cute. He got a little personality. Teeth and everything. I just, you know, it's suffering. Like when did you when you first saw Jade, how old was she? Um, I saw Jade when she was like a, a week old, two weeks old. Okay. She was still weird looking. So me. what like when you saw her the first time, was it did it hit you? Yeah. I think I got like emotional and I cried a little bit. Oh, wow. For real, I didn't know I, I never thought that I could love something as much as I love her. I literally have never loved anything like I've loved her. Damn, what you gonna be like when you become a mom, man? That's what I'm saying. It's gonna be lit. Do you think it's because you get to see... I feel like I get to see everything. Yes, you get to see a literal human being grow up, and it's one mm-hmm. that's close to you that's blood. And I right. remember you did not want it to be a girl because, you know, you nope. didn't want to be replaced. And then it turned out to be a girl, and it's like, you love Jade. Like, first of all, yeah. Jade is your fucking twin. I feel like really Jade is your baby. But, like, the way she you is, just, she's you my just heart. Spoil her and talk about her I'm and love so her. I'm so obsessed with her. We are all of us, like, me and my sisters, we are obsessed with her. Like, obsessed. Like, some days, I was just like, go through my phone and look at pictures and videos of her for like an hour. That's how obsessed I am. Or I just FaceTime her. It's so cute now. She getting so old. Now when she gets on FaceTime with me, she takes me straight to her room. It's almost as if she's saying, girl, let me let me go in here so they can't hear what I'm about to tell you real quick. <laughs> That's how I feel like JB acting. She takes me to her room. She sits down like her little couch or whatever. And we hash it out about what was going on through the day. She teach, she showed me, you know, her new words that she learned how to say. She know how to say apple, banana. Um, yeah. Mm. She's so cute. We still have not gotten to anything that we was really supposed to talk about. Yeah, we finna start now. I'm sorry. I was just getting sidetracked. Yeah, we really just went, um, like, um, sidetracked. Okay, yeah. So, what's the first mm-hmm. topic? What, who or what So, do I think that we should go ahead and get out this whole Colin Kaepernick situation in the right. NFL. Right. Um, so, if you have been living under a rock, uh, 
Um, the NFL invited Colin Kaepernick to work out in front of 23 NFL teams. Um, I read today that they notified his team on Tuesday of the week, that last Tuesday, mm-hmm. and that he was going to work out in Atlanta at the Atlanta Falcons like workout area on Saturday. I read today that they gave him two hours to say yes or no. Damn. It wasn't no 48 hours. It was like, hey, this is what we're going to do. You got two hours to sign this waiver, all this other stuff. Blah, blah, blah. All right, bet. We all thought that this was going to be something promising, but a lot of people thought that this was just um, a way for the NFL to show face mm-hmm. and like a PR stunt to just say that they want to be back in the good graces of all, like the American people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it came out that um, at the last minute on Saturday, um, Colin Kaepernick and his representatives turned back around and was like, you know what? We're not going to go the route that the NFL wants us to do. We're going to move this workout to a high school in Atlanta and we're going to allow the media to come out and, you know, film the entire event because the NFL had closed off the workout. So no media was allowed. And like it was only representatives that the NFL deemed necessary to be a part of the workout. So um, initial statements were saying that excuse me, that um, Colin Kaepernick, A, wanted the media to be there. They also said that Nike was going to be there to record some special um, filming or something. Since he is a part of them, like their team and stuff. Right. Um, and then it also turned out that like he didn't want to sign the waiver. He said somehow that the waiver um, that they wanted him to sign was like not conducive to what needed to be done that day. And he just wasn't going for it. Okay, cool. So he moved a training. Well, he moved a workout two hours before it was supposed to happen at the Atlanta Falcons um, workout area. I think only seven or eight teams showed up. I actually watched the workout live. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a live stream of it. I think that he's still impeccable. He has, he can throw. I mean, I'm good with it. Um, so then the NFL released a statement that they saying that they are so disappointed that Colin did not show up to the workout and that this is just, um, a publicity stunt, da, 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 all because he didn't want to sign a waiver and because the media couldn't be present. So as it later developed or whatever, turns out that the waiver, yes, it was like a standard waiver that like all the players like sign and stuff when they about to mm-hmm. work out, basically saying that this is not guaranteeing that you will be a part of an NFL team. Um, we're not liable for like any injuries, da da da, stuff like that. But that was this weird part in the waiver. It basically said in so many words that um, any other proceedings or court, you know, uh, situations, anything that had to do with the whole colluding thing of the NFL, like he couldn't pursue it no more. And that really. I guess to his team was like, oh, no, y'all got me effed up that y'all think that this workout and me going to sign this waiver and then I can't, like, share my grievances or anything about the NFL because y'all so-called gave me a fair chance to get in the workout. And that's really why he didn't sign it. Um, I saw a lot of commentators uh, saying the most about it. Stephen A. Smith. Um, more in particular, basically saying that Colin don't want to play all because of the waiver, um, standard waiver that he could have signed, that everybody signs. <clears throat> he don't want to play no more. This is just him trying to get the media back involved. But then, like, I also saw, like, what's the guy named Max? Whoever's on first take, the white guy, was basically saying that, like, you know, it's crazy to say, like, 
you know, as this black man that's trying to come up and like actually stand for something that the NFL is really treating him like this, where if this was t- like turned and it was a white player going through something like this, it would never ever went down like this. And like you can't say that like he should just suck it up and get and take what they give him because he's just a football player. Like it should be more than that. Um, I definitely agree. Like, I definitely think that I feel like the NFL was trying to do something that had something up their sleeve, and I don't think that they were trying to be fair. Um, a lot of people are also saying that Jay-Z played a role in it. I don't even think that we need to even take it that far, because at the end of the day, we would never know if Jay-Z had a say in Colin getting on this uh, workout or not. I mean, it would have been nice if that's, you know, how it turned out to be, and then maybe people can say, oh... Either way, people had a problem with it. A, because they would have said, oh, Jay-Z only doing this to save his face with the black community because we all said that he was a sellout anyway for doing this uh, partnership with the NFL. And then I also see people can say, like, oh, maybe this was Jay-Z playing from the beginning. And that's why, you know, he made a deal with the devil so he can get Colin Kaepernick back on it. Um. I feel like um, I covered everything on that. Maybe I missed something. It may I may I talk? Yeah, you now? can say yeah, you can say whatever. Um, we can go back and forth. I mean, I've always wondered like what the end game was for Colin, as far as like you know his protest and his Same. stance that like I'm gonna ride, like I'm gonna continue to not stand up when the anthem comes on because I'm standing up for me and mine and there's nothing you can do about it. And I know he uh-huh. didn't have a job, but I just always wondered, like, okay, what what is the real goal when it's all said and done? So when I realized or when I found out he still wanted to play football, I was just confused as to, like, why he would still want to play for an organization that's treating him the way that they've treated him. Like, uh-huh. I can understand the love of the sport and it's his passion. But, like, when it's forces that's, like, fucking with you, and they making your job harder, you know, your passion harder. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I would still even want to do it just because of who it's associated with. Yeah. And so I always was just, like, confused about what the goal was or the end game was for his protest. Um, I knew he was trying to prove a point, but I just didn't know when it was like, all said and done. what's the next step? Yeah, yeah, what the next step would be for him. So I just, you know. And I, I think I was, a lot of people ask that question, too. Like, you know, what's the end game for all of mm-hmm. this? Um, or was it just to bring attention or awareness to like, you know, the injustices that black men and black people face, um, especially when it comes to police brutality. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, we don't know if this was supposed to be, I don't know, was this a sacrifice? Was he ever supposed to be back in the NFL? We don't know. Would he ever play again? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, if people are looking for him to play like in the next year that's not going to happen and I mean what he did was very strategic like I had I think maybe Kid Fury and Christmas was talking about it but that school was named after a black neuro um, with a high school that he moved it to is named after a black neuroscientist who perfected or like invented the um, surgery or procedure for blood plasma which was mm-hmm. like used during one of those wars and I was mm-hmm. like he was very strategic in like moving it to the where school he moved that it. he picked the school that he picked. Yeah. And I think he, he knew very well that after looking at the waiver and refusing to sign it, I think he knew very well it was a setup. And he yeah. probably knew very well that even if he did go out there and go 110%, they not going, out of spite, they not going to pick him. Or they could say that 
Like, if he would have went the route that the NFL initially wanted him to go with, with the clothes mm-hmm. workout with no media, like, he could have beasted it and did well, and they would have came out and be like, well, he didn't do that well, like, at all. And, like, it's their word, like, against his, and then there's no proof on how well that he did, whereas for he invited the media, and, like, they recorded the entire thing, and it's like, okay, you can clearly see that this man is still at, you know, the caliber of a NFL quarterback. Right. As well. Right. I just think, um, Colin, keep doing you. Mm-hmm. You know, he may not ever play in the NFL again. And I'm sure, I'm wondering if there's something that he's been able to come to terms with. Um, but continue to keep protesting. I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. if he'll ever really run out of money because with his Nike deal, like, I'm sure he makes them a ton of money off of that alone. And I don't know what other deals he has, but just keep, just keep farming your beliefs. Yeah. If you never play again, at least you can say you went out fighting and you went out hard and you stuck to your right. guns and you didn't sell out. Um, and I know they came out from Rock Nation and said Jay-Z didn't say anything right. about, you know, the situation. And I believe it. Like, I don't think Jay-Z If they had to come up. out and say that, then yeah. I yeah. feel like if they didn't say anything, then mm, I don't yeah. know. But I've never, honestly, I feel like we would never know the, the honest truth. We would never know. That's true, but I got it. I don't think JV helped set this up, so I just think that you know, you guys and these rumors, you guys got to stop <laughs> these unnecessary ass rumors. Yeah. But um, yeah. What's next? Oh, the whole Soul Train Awards and Ari Lennox. Okay, yeah. So let me say this thing. You correct me if I'm wrong. So, mm-hmm. um, Lizzo won in the best R&B and soul album category. Mm-hmm. And Ari Lennox wasn't mad that she won. I think that she, I, okay, because I read all her tweets. And I think she's taking to heart how much work she put into making Shea Butter Baby. And it is a great R&B album. It really is a great debut. I think she's mm-hmm. taking to heart the fact that, like, she's been very authentic when it comes to the soul music and the R&B genre. And so to think that out of all the places that she would be able to win an award, you would think it would be mm-hmm. at the Soul Train Awards because it's one of those it's one of those rare music shows that gets it right mm-hmm. and does right by the artists in their categories. So you would think that she would be able to win it. And so to be beat out by Lizzo, who I thought also, I'm like, Lizzo is a rapper. Even though she sings, technically she's came she out and said she, she was a, a she's rapper. She's a rapper. So why is it that she's winning in the best soul and R&B category? Like, it doesn't make sense. It's like, it's like sometimes when they nominate Beyonce for nothing at all and she end up winning. I'm just like, well, she didn't even come out with no music. You just nominating her for something that's, oh, like, I just, I can understand why she was frustrated, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I feel like she should have just kept some of that to heart and just been like, okay. Or it just dealt with what she was going through silently. Um, but then I also don't fault her for being frustrated and getting on social media and expressing it. But, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, that's everything, right? I think you summed right? it up well. Okay, with, yeah. like, what Ari Lennox was going through. But I yeah. think was what I really wanted to speak on this whole issue of, I am so sick of people trying to validate and justify what they think Black women deserve and they're not being Black women. Or you also have Black women who constantly will try to, like, tear down somebody else just based on their feelings. Like, a lot of people were saying, like, 
oh girl you're not supposed to be worried about awards no way like we know some of the greatest never got a yeah. me this then the third Diana oh, Ross, girl this. why you feel like you so entitled that you deserve this award all this type of stuff and it's just like this literally not what she's saying like she's literally just saying that she put together a work of soul it literally was about like the whole song, like the whole album was soulful in itself. It literally was. Like it was RB and soul. And then I also think that Ari Linux felt like at least I can, you know, this work is gonna be exemplified or, you know, the Soul Train Awards is gonna see the value in it. I know mm-hmm. Grammys may not see it. I know Billboard may not see it. I know American Music Awards not gonna see it. But my own people should get it, right? Mm-hmm. and then it's hurtful when you you know you have those preconceived notions about how your people view you and how they respect you and then it turns out not being like factual at all it's the complete opposite they like and I don't want to take anything from Lizzo either because I like Lizzo album and I mm-hmm. like Ari Lennox album now I know that one is soul and I know that one is on the pop side like right. rap pop, you know, this new pop, whatever, new rap, whatever y'all want to say to it. I know that much. I know that Lizzo's music is way more mainstream and like white people love it. And it's, you know, it's universal yeah. in that aspect. But I also know that Ari Lennox's music is universal to the soul genre and like the era of soul, the embodiment and everything like that. You're going to see black folks at her shows. Exactly. But I'm literally tired of people trying to tell other people how to feel like it is the yeah. most like it just like it it just blows my mind like and that's like going back to all the shit that summer walker has been going through we literally should not be telling somebody oh but girl you signed up for this you wanted to be an artist this then the third we don't know how many artists or people deal with like social anxiety and stuff like that and they force themselves to do that like, we don't know. Like, when Summer went up there and she got her award at the Soul Train Awards, she was up there for, like, three seconds. She said, I think I so much. All right, bye. Like, that's how nervous. That girl didn't even want to go to the Soul Train Awards. That's hmm. how fucking nervous she was. She said she kept going to the bathroom to wipe under her armpits because that's how sweaty she was. Hmm. But y'all want to sit here and attack, yet again, two black women Black people attacking black women yet again. Y'all trying to validate how they need to feel. Y'all trying to eradicate their feelings. And then y'all trying to say that, girl, Twitter was not the place to do it. You know what? You know what? Fuck that. Twitter is the place for that girl to do it because that is the day and age that we live in right now. What y'all want her to do? Keep all this shit bottled inside and form resentment about her music and never put out another body of work ever again because she feels like she's not good enough. Let her vent and get that shit off her chest. And I'm literally just, I'm done with this rant because I'm done with people trying to tell other people how to feel. You can never tell me how I feel about something, especially if I know I put my heart and soul into it. Get the fuck out of here. And that's um, my TED Talk. Did I, did I do too much? Man, I probably did too much. I'm but sorry. I just my mind so is a about it. adult. Um, I was just gonna say, what's yes, the next vocabulary word. <laughs> I'm gonna start adding the ding every time you sound like a new vocabulary word. Um, adult. 
I'm just so adult. I don't know how to spell that. My mind. Um, but no, I'm just gonna say next topic. Um, what's next? How do you even spell adult? Oh my god, it means unable to think clearly. Oh my god, confused. Wow. Okay. Let's see, best friend. What's next on the topic? I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, looking, looking. Oh, I I'm sent looking. you something. I just sent you something with the Harriet Tubman thing. Oh my god. And Julia Roberts, gone girl. I don't Gone. understand. Like, I I honestly would like to meet the motherfucker who says this dumb ass shit. I want to meet the motherfucker who says this, who thought this, manifested this shit into words that they let come out their mouth, and then was so serious about it. <laughs> I want to meet that motherfucker so I can fucking chop them in the fucking throat because he I'm had so the nerve to say tired. it's not like people are gonna remember. It was so long ago. Are you serious, bitch? We have photos of fucking Harriet Tubman. We have fucking photos. Unless you fucking colorblind, you know that she's fucking black. So unless y'all were gonna black, you know, uh, give her black face the same way y'all did, uh, and give her a wider nose prosthetic the same way y'all did Zoe Saldana for that whack ass Nina Simone movie, then how the fuck did y'all think y'all was gonna pull this off? Did that movie come out? I don't know where the fuck it went. I hope it went in the goddamn garbage. Right, we never saw anything that about shit was that fucked movie. up to me. I feel like that was so fucked up and disrespectful to Nina Simone's legacy and everything she stood for as a beautiful, dark skinned black woman with wide nostrils. Why the fuck would you, why didn't y'all get Lauren Hill? Why didn't y'all fucking get um? It's somebody who look exactly like her. Like I'm trying to think of who it is. It's some singer or actress that would have played a good version of her. Like it's so many chocolate actresses out there that you could have got and y'all got Joyce Sardana <laughs> who is Latina. Now she's like she Afro-Latina but she's Latina. Hmm. I, I, make it make sense in my Monique voice. Oh, that's who we need to talk about. That's oh, yeah. who, we also need to talk about Monique. I knew it was something else. Um, we can talk about that. Right Let's just segue but... into that. If you damn, could. I wasn't finished. Can I finish oh, my, my fucking thought? I'm sorry. I was. I don't even want to get this no more energy. But my bad. You can go. I'm sorry. I just want to say, fuck the motherfuckers because I'm so sick and tired of y'all trying to erase black women. I'm so sick and tired of y'all trying to erase our history any way you can. Because as much as a lot of people complain about slavery movies, they are important for this new generation who is not learning any of this shit in school. And if they constantly find new ways to try to erase our history, we ain't going to have shit left. Wow. I mean, they'll have us, but once we die off, like, or if we were just as ignorant and blind and didn't know our history, like, what the fuck would this new generation have to go off of? So I'm just, fuck them. Okay. Now we can go into Monique, (laughs) who is suing Netflix uh, for discrimination, right? Get them coins, sis. It's like gender... Um, equal pay, all that type of stuff. Gender equality, yeah. all that type of stuff. She's suing. So I guess to kind of give an overview of like how we got here, you know, like the BT. I bet you wonder how I got to this moment. <laughs> One of those type moments. Mm-hmm. Um, Monique had got, I guess, offered a deal from Netflix to do a stand-up special for five hundred thousand dollars, and she thought that was a low-ball offer, given mm-hmm. her, you know, hard work in the industry, and she's an Oscar winner. And you know, she noticed that they were giving the male comedians. Like, I didn't know Jerry Seinfeld got a $100 million deal with Netflix. Mm-hmm. And Dave Chappelle got, like, a $60 million deal. And Eddie Murphy got this and that. And Kevin Hart got this. And then Amy Schumer, who's not even that fucking funny, but that's neither here nor there, she got offered $11 million. And she felt like she deserved more because she saw all the male, uh, her male comedic peers getting big offers. They gave her a $2 million increase. So she ended up getting 13 
So it was like a lot of people kept using the excuse that, you know, Monique is not, you know, popular like that anymore. Like nothing about mm-hmm. her is, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Um like she had, she doesn't have anything going on recently that yeah. would put her back in everybody's minds. Like she's not on a wave like Tiffany Haddish was. Like around that time, Tiffany Haddish was getting out there, and so that's who I could probably I guess compare her to. She wasn't having a moment, and so that's why she wasn't offered as much as her other peers. But I still think, regardless, like why was it an issue when Monique felt like she deserved more, but when Amy Schumer asked for it. Y'all said, fuck it, we'll give it to her. Right. Like, and she's not even funny. It, she's not. Apparently, she don't even write her own jokes. So, really, is she a comedian? And they lowballed her, too. And then she came back and said, You guys, but that's she what I'm saying. Me and this, and then that's they what gave I'm saying. her more money. I mean, even her offer, given that I don't fucking like her, I think she's funny, but even her offer compared to hers was like low as fuck. The, like, the gap is just huge. So, my whole thing is, even if you feel like, like, $500,000 is not a lot. And my whole thing is, maybe a good, $5 million would have been a good start-off offer. Mm, yeah, I could see that. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I didn't get the argument that, like, some of, that some of the reasoning behind them giving all these big deals to these other comedians is because they're, they're, they were having moments and they were huge names and legendary names, and they may feel like nobody really knows Monique outside of maybe the black community because, I guess, compared to them, they have a bit more mainstream that can cross various markets appeal. And I don't know if Monique has white fans or fans mm. outside of the black community. So I can understand their logic, but I still feel like that was fucked up to be like, oh, we're going to give you $500,000. Like, not even a million. Like, y'all think her worth is that low that she would start that that low and then on the spectrum. And then when she was like, hey, I see this is in the third, y'all don't want to give it to her. But then I'm confused because I also heard that they did come back to the table with another offer and she still didn't like it. And we just don't mm. know what that number is. We don't so even know, yeah. My thing is, if it was like in the millions, then I, at that point I would kind of want to be like, well, Monique, how much are you really looking for? Because Monique, it's been a lot with her these past couple of years with the whole black ball situation and the stuff that happened after Precious came out. And she's literally beefing with some of the he- the heavy hitters in the black in black Hollywood from Oprah. Yeah. To Steve Lee Daniels. Harvey. Oh, and not even Steve Harvey, but just Oprah, Lee Daniels, and Tyler Perry. Oh, yeah. Those you know? are the heavy hitters. Yeah, the heavy hitters. So it's just like, and and we haven't seen her in a lot of stuff. And a lot of those roles that I know Lee Daniels and Tyler Perry had in their movies, they were made in my, with her in mind. So mm. I just feel like it's just been a lot with her. And it's like, I really want Monique to prosper because she's a funny woman. You know, put some respect to her name for the Parkers. You know, I just, and Precious was just a, it was like, her role in Precious was just, it really was Oscar worthy. So I just, I want her, I want more for her. I just, I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know if she's going to win. What do you think? I, I don't mm-hmm. know. <clears throat> I don't know, but I know they're going to fight it. And I feel like they only mm-hmm. going to fight it to just show an example out of her. Yeah. Like, I feel like, honestly, they could just, you know, give her what is due because I know they got the money, but I think they're going to make an example out of her. And I just hope that it don't get ugly and, like, you know, like, it don't get, like, you know. You know how they try to drag black women. I just hope it don't get like that. Yeah. But, I mean, a lot of the black communities are already dragging her and thinking that she's doing too much. And Unfortunately. That, that offer was appropriate and... I don't know. It's just like, I wish we could yeah. have each other's back more instead of in moments like this, just immediately 
tearing each other down. But speaking of that, let's go into Amanda Seals because we were supposed to talk about her last week after her breakfast yeah. interview. Um, and we can start there and then work our way up to Rodney Reed. Um, and okay. I think that's, that's like the last topic, right? Yeah. Okay. So, the Breakfast Club interview. Like, what did you think? What were your thoughts? Because you said you were either, com- you said you were conflicted or you... Oh, uh, with the Breakfast Club interview? Mm-hmm. I don't think I said I was conflicted. I said I was conflicted. You said you, you didn't know how to feel or something oh, like that. Probably, like, yeah, you were just in the middle. So. Um, I mean, in a lot of ways, like, I think she was trying to say that she was misunderstood or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. as far as, like, the whole, um, the Emmy party and, like, uh, like, the whole, I just feel like a lot of people got a lot of things misconstrued. Like, from her end, and I guess from the other people, like, how she clarified that, like, there wasn't, like, insecure, like, the insecure people didn't see her, like, trying to get in, and they didn't help her, and all that kind of stuff, like, yeah. people had wrote it to be, and, like, how people say that she tried to bum rush past the security door, and all that type of stuff, and then I was just like, okay, I can see that, like, there's no way that I feel like, you know, she would be acting ass in that aspect, because only time I really see her get, like, loud and stuff is on social media, I mean, like, mm-hmm. she does it, and I think that she would have owned up and said, yep, I did it, I did this, uh-huh, I did that too, like, who gonna check me? stuff like that. I feel like she would have came out and said that. Now, do I think that uh, maybe I want to say that her feelings and how she feels are valid. They are completely valid. But I do think that sometimes we may need to take a pause and pick our battles like more wise, like more wisely. Like to me, Yes, I know you want to be there in a room with a lot of other black people, you know, around your people, inspiring people, people that you work with. But I just feel like if I wasn't on the best of terms with somebody that I knew was coordinating or that, like, you know, facilitated this party, mm-hmm. I probably would have took a step back and like, you know what? I don't think this is something that I want to place my energy in and I don't want to subject myself to, you know, anything negative coming out of this. And I think that maybe that's going to be a learning experience for her for like future things coming forward but I just know me personally like I but, wouldn't subject myself to something like that especially if you knew you and this lady went on good terms but then she came back and said that she thought that everything was cool and she didn't have an issue like with the girl or something like that and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like okay well I don't know just to, just to you know kind of piggyback off you you said you hope she learned something but that's the thing I don't think she has any sense of self awareness Mm. like when they were asking her like why does she think people don't like her some of the responses that she was saying were like really troubling to me and mm. for her to like say that what? she said some maybe people don't like her because she light skinned and maybe people don't mm. like her because okay. she because because she's um smart or intelligent or that's problematic and and that's why i wanted you to see it because that's what that's really what i was hinting at because i was like really fuck the indies party because we had already talked about that and yeah i just kind of feel like if you I know actually somebody had forgot about her saying the whole light yeah. scene and the whole yeah so okay now i'm part. reminding you okay and see stuff like that and then when they ask like when she said 95 percent of the situation she feels like you know what she said five percent of the situation she's been in she feels like have been her fault and the other 95 have not. And I'm like, you got all these people continuously coming out, talking about different experiences they have for you. And all of them can't be lying. Mm-hmm. And so for you to get in this interview and feel like you most majority of the time, if not all the time, you're right. And that you don't do anything wrong or that your tone might not come off a certain type of way 
like for you to for you to think that there's nothing wrong with you and then when somebody asks why somebody might not like you is always maybe it's because they don't like this or they don't like that and there's no no sense of awareness like what flaws you might have I just mm-hmm. find it really troublesome and I know some people have been calling her a narcissist and I had to really sit back and think like is she one because she is on a defense a lot of the time and just throughout yeah. that whole interview there was no sense of accountability of like maybe she was wrong or even if you feel like you your intentions were good the way you came off maybe was different mm-hmm. and so I just I don't I just I don't think she's gonna learn anything from that because in my opinion I don't know why she can just stop and think like you know what me and this person don't like each other so why would she want me at her party let alone yeah. why would she even invite me like and then my thing is this is the second year in a row that this has happened yeah. she lets you skate you know, last year, which means this was she, a, she let you skate. She did. This this has been going on for a while. Think about that. It's, it's, if if this is the second year this party has been happening, that means it's been a long while that you all have not been liking each other. This shit happened yeah. last year, and she let you get in, but it was some trouble with you getting in as Jill Scott plus one. You try this same shit again, knowing what you knew last year, and you get upset because a person who you do not get along with. She's clueless as to, she claims she don't know what the issue is, but I, I feel like I beg to differ. But you and this girl have had some type of run-in where you rubbed her the wrong way, let's say. Mm-hmm. And you upset because you feel like because you're black and because you're in the industry that you deserve to be there despite the fact that somebody who hosts the party or is the promoter of it does not want you there. Right. Like, that sense of entitlement is just weird to me. It's like, I would never want to be nowhere where I wasn't wanted. If you don't want yeah. me there, I don't want to be there. My thing is, if you don't personally invite me somewhere, I'm not going. Even if it's one of those, like, everybody's invited. But my thing is, if you don't personally come up to me and tell me, I'm not going to go. Because I don't want to make no assumptions. And then when I get there, it'd be some shit. So I'm just like, some shit happens. Some shit that embarrassed the fuck out of you and that affected you, I guess. Like, her feelings were hurt. Like, when she cried on the Breakfast Club about it, and even on the live, when she was, you know, when right after it happened, she was about mm-hmm. to cry. I'm just like... That whole notion of people not liking her because she's light-skinned and that she's intelligent, to no, me, that's attitude. like... Yeah, and to me, that's like that whole elitist mindset that mm-hmm. a lot of black people have is like... You are separating yourself from everybody else. Like literally, nobody said anything like that. Like, ooh, I hate that light skin hoe. She thinks she's smarter than everybody. I don't think nobody ever came out and said anything like that. And for her to say that, when as soon yeah. as she said that, and this is how I know that she not separate. As soon as she said that, I was like, wow, this is what she thinks about herself. Yes, that's the thing. Because if you think like those insecurities about yourself, you will project them on other people. Like because nobody came out and said that, it's literally how she views herself. In yes, the world. and she, she views she, herself as like the hated on light skin. She literally positioned herself that way. She was like, yes, because she said some interview alluded. She said something to the effect like around these words that like you know, I feel bad for you that you're dealing with your own inner insecurities or your own inner issues that you feel like you had to project that like what you see in me makes you insecure that because I have something you want that makes you angry so you attack and I'm just like really sis really you that conceited because yeah. you think that that's, that people are insecure and jealous of you and what you have and so that's why they don't like you like honey you're not all that it's plenty yeah. of Amanda Seals on social media honey 
nothing about you is like, you know, oh my God, one of a kind. And just to get, keep moving along, like the Rodney Reed situation, did you read about what happened there with her and Shaq? So, from what I got from that, um, she basically made like an Instagram live video or something. Mm-hmm. Basically, like what she's saying is she hated that she supported him because like the rape allegations from his previous like cases or something. Yeah, that know. were acquitted. Yeah. Not acquitted, but that he was found not guilty on. Yeah, like mm-hmm. basically people was going in on her because she didn't have all the facts straight. Right. And basically she had said that you know, he had raped, uh, and these were white women who he was mm-hmm. having these uh, sexual relationships with. But he had raped and murdered her, and they were like, "No, like the lady is very much still alive." Like, wait, what do you? Where are you getting this information mm-hmm. from? And talking about how on those previous cases, like they found no evidence. I don't, I don't know nothing about those previous cases, and you know, I can understand why if you may not want to support him because you are not a proponent of rape, like you don't support that shit. But mm-hmm. it's like, what is that? What does past cases that have been solved and put to rest have to do with? what's happening now with this man's case and him being innocent and them and him being trying, executed. Yeah, him literally on the verge of being executed, but they ended up, you know, re- then like in the state of execution, yeah. 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 And hopefully he'll get out. But it's just like people have been working on this case for damn near twenty years. That's a whole ass teenager. Like they've been working on this shit for years and finding all this evidence and showing all this proof that he didn't do it. Like you know, like he's an innocent man at the end of the day. Why are you trying to equate past the, with, with stuff now? And then you yeah. don't have the facts straight. And then when you get caught out on it, you know, you get super defensive. Yeah. Because what did she say in her other life? Like she said she was sorry or something? I didn't even listen to it for real, honestly. Like I heard everybody else just like dragging her saying like, and this is why you need to have all the information from the beginning. Right. Instead of, like, you know, just jumping on a bandwagon with other people. Yeah. And I just, you know, it was some other drama with her. I don't know if you heard that um, she had a Brevison interview maybe last year or the year before. And she basically was talking about this athlete turned neuroscience, neurosurgeon who, like, sexually uh, harassed her. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, she knew a girl who said that when she came to his hotel room, he came he opened the door in just his towel or that he was like naked when he opened the door. And so she didn't say his name, but people said she was dropping hints to kind of like, mm. you know, allude to like who, who like he you was. knew who he was. And so then she had a live where she said other women had come forward or something like that. And she put his name out there. And there was this whole big controversy of like the fact that she was lying because then she went back and said that he never sexually harassed her. She said that she never said that. So it was just this whole big confusion and people like really going in her ass thinking that she was trying to set this this man up. You know, this Wait, black... she came back and said that it never happened? She came back and said that she never said that he sexually harassed her. Uh, and so that's why people was on her ass like, you was going to ruin this man's career by lying. I think lying. she need a break. I think she... Is I she in know. therapy? I, don't, I mean, I hope she is. I mean, I really hope she is because people going to be on her ass like white on rice from now on. And I just kind of feel like I had to unfollow her because I just saw some stuff that was just like really, like the lack of self-awareness was really what was like really irking me mm. because I just kind of feel like I do not like to be a person that's unchecked. I do not like to feel like I'm always right. And that's why I like to have people around me that's going to call me out of my bullshit because I'm not always right. And it's good sometimes to sit back and reflect and think like, what could I have done wrong? What could I have done better in this situation? Or what did I do wrong? 
learn from this. And I feel like if you're not self-aware, how are you going to grow? Well, you know, like, it's real. how do you grow? Like, That's real. How do you learn anything if you're not self-aware, if you're not able to sit and listen the same way you're able to talk and defend? And she's always defensive. So I just, I'm going to pray for her because it's just so much happening with her and it's all negative. And like I said, I don't think everybody's lying on you about your interactions with them. You probably have people the wrong wrong, the yeah. wrong way. I can't talk. And if you really went around and said that some dude was faking his cancer and he really had cancer, you evil as fuck for that shit. And I really want you to explain that shit because that's some evil shit to do. But, yeah, keep her, Amanda Seals in your thoughts and prayers because sis needs help. Yeah. So that's... Praying for that self-awareness, girl. <laughs> So that's that's what she need for Christmas. So um, that should be on her wish list. So that <laughs> concludes um, the topic segment. We're gonna move quickly into welcome to adulthood. Um, I don't know if I really have one. I think it's gonna be about kids. Mm. Um, because I work with kids and I have my days where I'm like they are so cute, but then I have plenty of days where. I feel Fuck like them they, kids. No, don't say that. I don't. I don't want to lose my job. Okay. <laughs> Like that from the record. No. <laughs> Some days they try my patience and it just makes me wonder do I really want kids? Because even when I was down there with Auburn, like at one point he just kept crying. He was crying so hard and hollering and screaming because he did not want to go to sleep. Like he was fighting it. And I guess because I was there, he kind of didn't want to like lay down and go to sleep because it was company around. But like even like with him crying, I was like, do I really want to deal with this 24-7? Because kids mm-hmm. are a lot financially mentally, emotionally because they don't they don't know no better and in those first few years of their life you are in charge of really like bringing them up and teaching them things, teaching them how to be Mm -hmm. a decent human being, teaching them how to function as like a human being and that's a lot of work on top of the shit you gotta deal with, with trying to work on yourself Mm -hmm. so I'm just like do I really have the patience with it and a lot of people like oh you know like these kids will be different than your kids. Like, the way you teach your kid will be different. But I'm like, I got to get past the infant stage first where it's going to be a lot of waking up in the middle of the night and crying. I mean, and, not, and fixing bottles because the baby crying or changing a diaper and, and stuff like that. And, like, I'm a night owl, but I'm sure it will be different with a baby. And hopefully I have a partner there to help me, which I plan to because I'm not trying to pop out no kids without a stable-ass foundation. And a partner who I know, like, I want to have kids with them and I won't regret it once that baby is here. But, man, sometimes I'm just like, girl, you you might just want to be that cool aunt. You might not be able to give Arbor no cousins because, my God. The rich auntie. Yeah, the rich auntie who, like, you can just come and chill with and she going to spoil you and she going to be able to listen to you rant about your parents and give you money whenever you need it. You know, the one, the good guy. Mm-hmm. But then some days I see babies and I'm just like, wow, my ovaries are about to literally explode. I would love one of these little munchkins. <laughs> so I'm just adulthood. It's like, I'm 25. I mean, I don't want to be in my 30s having kids, so I just feel like there's something to really think about. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to have my first child when I'm like 30, 31. Dang, that's when I was trying to have mine, about 29, 30. I mean, I think if I could at least have one in my 20s, that would be dope. But there's mm-hmm. so much that has to happen before that. So I just I just kind of feel like I don't want it to be too late because I just I want to be able to keep up with my kids and I don't don't want it to be so hard the older I get 
And if I want to have three kids, I think unlike my mama, I want them to be close in age. Because like I know my mama wasn't planning to have another kid after my brother, but we are like 11 years apart. And mm-hmm. I kind of want my kids to be close and maybe like two or three years apart. So, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that because it's two different generations, two different perspectives, two different upbringings, but you know, I have plans. Yeah. So that's my welcome to adulthood. What about you, best friend? Nothing has really made me question. No, I got some. I got some. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I thought about it. Okay. I'm really trying to understand, you know, <clears throat> with this whole job hunt thing, um, you know, these uh, job requirements, you guys ask for all of these years of experience. And I'm just like, well, you know, how are these people getting these experiences? Because every time I try to apply for something, I'm like, oh, you know, we wish that you had more experience. And I'm just like, well, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to obtain (laughs) this experience that you guys are providing by this job. And it's just like, oh, we just wish that, you know, you know, you just had a little bit more. And I was like, you know what? Is there a job out there that says zero to one year of experience or zero to three years of experience? Like, you let a sister know. Because a lot of things that, like, interest me or that pique my interest, it'd be, like, I check off all, like, the requirements. Like, check this, check that, got a degree. I did this. I did this. I did this. And then I get to that one bullet that'd be, like, five plus years of solid experience. And I'd be like, since I just got out of college, like, what, right. two years ago? Like, I don't, I, like, what do you want? Like, you know, honestly, like, and then it'd be, sometimes it'd be entry-level positions. And I'd be like, well, how is this entry-level if they got all this damn experience? It looks like they should be higher than this. Like, give give me a chance. And honestly, I just feel like this would be the best chance, like, that you would ever give yourself. But, like, I had a um a call today with, like, a HR person or whatever, um, you know, just filling out things, nothing that's solid or, you know, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that. And it was just like, oh, she was like, oh, yeah. And I was looking at your resume and like, you know, I see you have a lot of experience over here. But like, I wish that you had more experience over here. And I'm like, sis, honestly, like, what more do y'all want? And, and it's like, that's what bothered me about this whole adulthood in corporate America thing. Because honestly, y'all are creating these job pro- postings and like applications for like the person that is no longer in that role. And my whole thing is, why would you want the exact same person that is not in their role no more? Because two things happen. One or two things happen. That person either got to promote a promotion out of their role or the person left the company. Now, that's a 50-50 chance. Now, why would you want to bring in somebody that's an exact same carbon copy of that person that you just got out of this role? Don't you want to switch it up a little bit? Don't you want to, you know, test the waters and find out something? And my whole thing is, if I don't have the experience and then I come in and it don't go nowhere, like, fire me. At least give me the chance to show you if I can do it or not. But don't just write me off because I don't check off that box that says five plus years of experience. It's annoying and it's it's dumb. But you know what? I apply to jobs anyway because that's what the mediocre white male would do. He would apply for jobs that he know he's not qualified for. I'm applying for jobs that I may not have the experience, but I know I'm qualified for it. And that's my whole thing on adulthood. This job hunt thing is exhausting, okay? But I also heard that this is the best time of year to get a job mm-hmm. because it's the end of the year. 
you know, budgets are closing out. People kind of know what budget they got next year. People, like, are leaving, like, their current jobs, looking for new jobs and opportunities. So, like, this is a good time to, like, find a job. Um, okay, that concludes our Welcome to the Hood segment. But this is random as fuck, but, like, have you heard of Magnolia Bakery in New York? Have I heard of Magnolia Bakery? Yeah. I feel like I have. I know, Keith, you and Chris just talk about it all the time, the banana pudding place. Okay. Where they get the banana pudding from. Anyways, they have a red velvet banana pudding. Would you eat that? Uh, I would try it. Okay. They did it like, sound nasty, honestly. It sounds nasty. But I would try it. It actually looked good when I looked at it. I mean, I'm not the biggest banana person fan and we're having we're actually having banana pudding issues for Thanksgiving. I love banana but, pudding. But see my thing is I don't like bananas unless they in my smoothies. I don't eat bananas like that. Fuck that. That's how I feel about peaches. I don't know why I want to eat cooked peaches with peach cobbler, but I do. I don't know. I just feel like I don't like the, the mushiness of the banana. I think that throws me off and makes me want to gag. But uh-huh. I just, I feel like if I'm going to eat banana pudding, I'm going to eat it without bananas. And even sometimes I can't even do the custard taste. So I was just wondering because I just thought about banana pudding right now. But we're going to be back with this quick break. Um. So... We are an hour in, and we still got two segments. Wow! And I also want to say, have you caught up on This Is Us? No, I missed uh, yesterday's episode. Okay. Well, we could talk about the the one before that one because I'm actually in the middle of watching yesterday's episode. Okay. Because I was two episodes behind, Mm -hmm. but because there's something that really like not it's not bothering me, but it was just like, what the fuck. So, it's bothering me in my home, girl, because if you had beef at that wedding, why not take care of that beef at that wedding? Because if you can't go to Bella Lodge's, what the hell would you do? Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, you don't remember that video? I remember it, but it's so weird how you sound just like her. So, you know, we think about topics like basketball wives and Donald Trump, but you don't know what we're listening to. Every few weeks, King A and I will be releasing the DNA playlist, a combination of 10 songs that reflect our musical taste and act as an extension of our personalities. Coming out this week is Volume 5 with sounds from Vince Staples, Megan Thee Stallion, and Flo Millie. Here's a sneak peek. Yo Love with Vince Staples, Black, and Mariba. Look alive, life too short, mine is double the report Speaking about me and you, since they got me off the porch I've been beating black and blue Story of my life, tell me something about you Where you from, did you stay or did you run? You can access the playlist on our Spotify page In addition to previous volumes Now let's get back to the show <clears throat> This is not, I guess, particular to Mississippi um, as a whole, but I think this whole southern region of the United States of these Americas. It's Thanksgiving time, and I'm tired of this debate over stuffing versus dressing. In the South, we only know dressing. And no, we are not talking about your vinaigrettes, your ranch dressing, your Caesar salad dressing. We're not talking about that dressing. We are talking about cornbread stuffing that is normally served around the hours of thanksgiving and christmas all right no this is not your stuffing that y'all just took some bread and broke it up into pieces or something or y'all bought the stove top at the fucking kroger or your walmart 
and peep my southern accent because this is a cornbread dressing. Let me take you through the process of how you may like to make this cornbread stuff. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna you're gonna bake you some cornbread. I recommend Jiffy. I love Jiffy and I love the way it tastes. You're gonna bake this cornbread, you're gonna take your hands and you're gonna crumble it all the way up into like fine, fine pieces, all right? Now, you're going to take this chicken broth that you probably had been marinating and had been cooking and stuff over some time. You're going to mix that chicken broth in that cornbread. It's going to get all wet and mushy and stuff. Then you're going to take you some boiled eggs that you already boiled. You're going to chop them up. Mm-hmm. You're going to take some chopped celery. You're going to add that in there. You're going to chop it up real fine, real fine. I don't like no big chunks of celery in my dressing. Then you're going to take some onions. You're going to chop that up too. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my mom likes to add this little, you know, special thing in it where she bakes a hen. She cooks a whole hen and then takes it off the bone and then she adds little pieces of chicken in our dressing. Oh my God, it is so good. And okay, I'm this sure is I'm long missing. I'm, I'm not done because I'm thinking about it. And I'm sure that I'm missing some other ingredients, but I need y'all to understand that that stuff and shit that y'all eating at Thanksgiving ain't got nothing on the dressing that we eat in Mississippi and throughout the South. And that is my rant. That was so fucking long. It really wasn't that long. Yes, it was. It was like a minute and 30 seconds. You was going through a whole recipe. I'm like, Lord, (laughs) Jesus, girl. just That's uh, how bad I want it. Well, you decided to keep your happy ass up there, so. You know what? I'm done. Anyway, I didn't know you put eggs in your dressing. Yes, my mom does. She chops it up really, really fine. I don't know what they do with the taste. I don't know what purpose they serve, but they in there. I ain't never heard it. That's a new one for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna have to ask my mama and she heard it. But um this is our homegrown segment where we talk about everything Mississippi from events to news to food to music, et cetera, et cetera. And this week me and Destiny are doing a joint homegrown. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess I'll let you do the honors. So I was editing one of our episodes, you know, how we edit things. And you were talking about the story that you wrote about Alta Woods mm-hmm. um, in South Jackson. So as I was editing this episode, I was like, you know what? Let me go on here and find out the actual article that my best friend wrote. Let me read this article. So I started reading the article. I saw, like, the picture of, like, that couple that had, like, been living there for, like, years. And just, like, reading about how... They felt that the community or whatever was kind of like, you know, deterred. Like, there's a lot of blight properties, rundown properties. Or then you also have, like, a lot of renters within the area. And because they feel like people that rent out these homes and stuff don't necessarily want to stay long term, meaning that they don't care about the community. They don't care about the home itself and, like, the aesthetically, you know, appealing pieces of the home as far as, like, the lawn and how it looks and this, that, and the third. And it really got me inspired because I had already started looking at properties that I wanted to buy in Mississippi. Um, but I never thought about looking into South Jackson, per se. I don't know why. Um, but I never thought about looking over there. But um, it's just, I don't know, I, like the bug bit me. And I found like a real estate agent um, in Mississippi um, to help me find properties within South Jackson, um, more specifically in the Austin Woods. Um, area because I just feel like the story just touched me so much to the fact that like I would want to buy a property with people that live there like that 
Mm. Like the people that are watching the neighborhood, they want to see it, um, you know, progress and, you know, be what it was in the past. And I think the saddest thing that I read in that article was the fact that they said that we know that this can be a thriving community again. And we know that we will not be able to see it because it's not going to happen in 10 or 20 years. And like that just broke my heart because I'm just like, at least let me try to help you know, get that train moving faster and faster so they can see it and, like, you know, and they can be, like, you know, appreciative of, like, somebody coming in that's a native of Mississippi, you know, grew up, went to school in Jackson and stuff like that. Yes, I mean, I live there, but I do have family that will be, like, helping managing the property and I know that they will take care of it and make sure that, like, it checks all the boxes that they're looking for with, you know, the homes that are in their neighborhood. And the Browns, by the way, She's a Delta, he's a cute dog. They have like the joint cute. license plate frame thing on the back of their car. That they was so dope. I think they do. Un- yeah, I think so. But, it's um, cute. I-, I appreciate the fact that you said my story touched you. Um, mm-hmm. It was funny because Miss Brown, the wife, was like, Thank you so much. Your story is making an impact. People are starting to do stuff in the community. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, wow. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I guess it's different when I hear people say, like, my story makes an impact. Like, I know I'm writing stuff that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm shining a light on these communities here that I've never heard of and maybe some other people haven't. But when you tell me stuff like that, I'm just like, damn, bitch, you're really making a difference. Even yeah. if you're not where you want to be right now, like, you know you are making a difference where you're at. And that's a good thing. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. And, I mean, what did you think about the white flight portion? Because remember I told you, when I was explaining the yeah. story a couple of episodes back, I was telling you about how, you know, Bishop um, Ronnie Crudup was talking about how, you know, when the, in the neighborhood he lived in, you know, his kids was out there playing and this white man was just like, I, they weren't cussing and they weren't doing this and doing that. And mm-hmm. they were just kids. And just the idea that white people think that they don't uh... see black boys as innocent or just like, it's always savages and Animals. Well, I'm just hoping that we can change, like, that narrative. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to just openly come out and say that, like, my property will only rent to, like, black people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do. Well, do you want to rent or do you want to buy? Yeah, that's the thing. But this is my whole thing. If I buy a property and, like, I fix it up in something, I'm going to sell it. Okay, so you want to sell it, but they're not going to be renting. They're going to buy the house and actually live in the community. Because yes. that's the thing. Like yes. a renter, that's gonna be it. They, they gonna they, move. Yeah. Okay. Got that part. Like if it's if you're gonna make it a rental property, then no one will ever consistently stay there. Yeah. But if they are gonna buy it, then that means taxpayer dollars for that community. That means they get to fix up their roads. Then, well, other, if I own the property, I would still have to pay taxes. I would still have to pay property. That's taxes true. And stuff but I it. think the uh, the point is that they also appreciate being able to have neighbors and build community. Because another true. thing they talked about was just how affluent it was, how nice people were. He said he was having lawn competitions with his neighbors. Mm-hmm. He don't have that now. So I think another thing they miss more than just how nice he used to look, but just like the sense of community that was there. So if you got a, a family coming in every two years. Like, how can they ever really maintain relationships if they don't have any permanent neighbors? And so that's just what I'm saying. Like, that part is important just as well. But I get what you're saying. Like, you know, I I I can see you buying property. And I'm glad that it sparked a sense in you to feel like you want to help bring that area back and make yeah. South Jackson 
you know, thrive. But with black people this time, because I don't want to see motherfuckers running back once South Jackson get on it, get their shit together. Right. You know, you know, y'all lift it to us, and we gonna get it back in shape, and don't try to come back in here and buy the block back up. Yeah, we, my we goal. Profit. My goal, like one of my goals, not the ultimate goal, but one of the big goals up there is to definitely be like a real estate developer. I want to be like a tycoon, like for real. Mm. Like I read an article about a lady that started a 51 property subdivision. Mm. Like she built and owned 51 homes in a community. Mm. I was like, that's goals, sis. Where like, she I get the money? Something like that. I don't. I don't like. I didn't even read far enough to figure out like even like where she got the money. It was just something I read, and then I'm gonna go back and do research on her. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been looking at properties for like months now, but it never occurred to me to like look into South Jackson because mm-hmm. I've been looking at land. I've been looking at commercial properties. I've been looking at multifamily like homes and stuff like that. I've been looking at triplexes, duplexes. Single family homes. People, this is what we call adulting. She swears she don't know how, but this is some adulting ass shit. I mean, I just, I just gotta figure it out. And like, I just wish people knew that it was resources out there. Like, like I got a friend. She's about to buy her first house, and she's using um a FHA loan, and it's like a first home owner like loan or something like that. And with the loan, she only has to put two thousand dollars down, like a down payment. Mm-hmm. And her mortgage is going to be $300 a month. She's going to rent out this property to, like, college students and potentially mm. make, like, $1,000 a month. And all she got to do is pay the mortgage, which is $300, and she gets to take home $700 in her pocket each month, an extra $700. Like, like, come on, y'all. Like, it's just so many resources out there for us, like that we really could be tapping into and, like, it couldn't be that hard. And that's what I'm trying to see, like, do I want to buy a property and rent it out or do I want to buy a property, take that loan, fix it up, and then sell it? Like, get it off my hands. So it's like, I'm trying to figure out exactly, like, you know, the best course of action and what makes the most money sense. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's the research that I've been doing thus far. And I want to do it by myself. Like, I don't want my brother involved. Like, I don't want like, the only thing that I asked from my mom, I haven't told her about it yet. I think I'm going to do it as, like, you know, like a surprise for her or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, whatever the income I get off that property, I'm going to give some to my mom for, like, like her each month. So, it's like, this mm-hmm. would be something that she could just take herself out or, like, she could add that towards something else. And then I'll even ask her, like, you know, do you want to help manage a property with me? And with that, like, she can get paid off of that as well. And then, like, the next goal after that would be to buy a property for my mom. And she um, she takes all of that residual income. And then I buy another property for my sister, and she takes all of that income as well. And, like, just make sure that everybody in my family is set up to just have, like, you know, this extra income coming in and then after a while we'll mm-hmm. be like a whole family of like real estate developers hmm. well I hope that comes true I hope I live to see it and who knows he might bring best friend on board yeah I gotta get my shit together first it's my credit bad you don't want me on that shit student loan honey student loan we'll see we'll see um, but that concludes our homegrown segment and now we'll move into our last segment which is TV movie music talk mm-hmm. 
Um, I just kind of want to talk about This Is Us and how fucking Oof. Becca has fucking dementia or Alzheimer's. Yeah. It's coming and out it's now. it's really making me it's sad. It's coming out now. And it's more prevalent in the second in the episode from yesterday. Damn. Like, ooh, it's Shit. really bad. I like, where yet. I am. Yeah, but it's like it's really apparent. But when I saw it happening last week, and I was just seeing how she was taking pictures of everything, like the carpet, the pictures, and how she was freaking out over her phone, I'm like, Becca is in fucking denial about the fact that she is just she is forgetting shit. And I wonder if this can be attributed to like that car accident they got in, where she hit her head, mm-hmm. or if this is just like a natural progression of like her mind deteriorating. But it's so sad because. Remember last season, Indy, where Randall walked in the room and he was like, you know, hey, mom, it's me, your son. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, what are they trying to say? Like, is she that old that, like, her memory is a little janky or he just wanted her to know it was him? Or does she really have, like, Alzheimer's or dementia? And I would hate for it to be him that she forgot because it's already a lot with Randall kind of being like the black sheep of the family. Mm. And then when you see in that episode how they got into it and she wanted him to get out of her room because she was so offended and she was on the defense. It's like, damn, I would hate... Like, it's just, I would hate to see her go out like that, especially after, after how they lost their dad. Yeah. I cannot speak today. I'm, like, tripping off my words. But, yeah, it would just be hard to see her go out with how Jack died, so... We don't need that. Dear God. We really don't. And I just, this is us. I almost cried towards the beginning of the episode. I forgot why. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it I think it was because they were showing her, like, fixing the sheets with Jack. Mm-hmm. And then they made it to the part where he wasn't there anymore to help her fix the sheets. And she got frustrated. And it was like, yeah, and it was getting to me. And then it was also sad when every time... Kevin saw Nikki, he saw his dad talking to him. Yeah. And scolding him like that. And I was just like, they know how to do it. Relapse. Yes. I'm like, please don't let this motherfucker relapse. And I thought that lady was going to be his baby mama, but fuck, she finna get back with her husband. So I'm like, what the fuck? Who is. I just want Kevin to find a woman, settle down, and get everything he wants because he's really trying. And I hate it wasn't the cousin, but fuck it. Just just, just show us who the mama is. Can Kevin have his best? Can Kendall have his Toby? Like, please. I'm Somebody. Because he actually is a catch. Like, he's not a bad man at all. I just... Ugh. I'm tired of all these damn games, but... Did you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, I watched a movie that I feel like a lot of people should watch just because it was a good movie. Um, It was called Parasite. Have you heard of it? no alright I'm gonna try to say it without spoiling it so basically it's about this Asian family and they are extremely poor like so poor to the point where like the exterminators you know like foot in the south of the mosquitoes a truck come around and he's spraying stuff through the neighborhood mm-hmm. so a man came through like exterminating or fumigating through the air and they had like bugs and stuff in their apartment they live in the basement the dad said, leave the window open. This free extermination for us. Do you know that they let the fumes come in their house and almost killed them just so they can exterminate their house for free? Like, that's how poor they Damn. were. Like, extremely poor. So, like, the son 
forges some documents that he went to like university school or whatever like that. He got a degree. He can teach English, all this type of stuff. So he becomes a tutor for a rich family, like wealthy, like they wealthy. Like they got a driver, they got a maid, like they ain't hurting for nothing. Um, so he gets the job and figures out a way to get his sister a job. And once his sister gets a job, the dad gets a job and then the mom gets a job. Like they get all these people fired that already work for them. And the whole family is working for this wealthy family, but the wealthy family don't know it. Mm. And so they did all this scheming and conniving, all this type of stuff. Until one night, the wealthy family left for like a camping trip for the little boy. And the old maid came to the house, bro, and she was just acting weird. Like something was just off. And she came in. The The mom let, them, let the old maid in. The old maid said, I left something in the basement. So she go in the basement. We thought it was just a pantry. This lady moves like a shelf over and it shows like another door. And she opened up this secret ass door and she walks down further into the ground. And it is a man <laughs> living in this fucking basement. Turns out the man is her husband. Because that's <laughs> how poor the old maid was. That that's the only place she like, you know, could afford to stay. She was living in a house for free. And she would take the food out of the kitchen and feed her husband. And, like, was begging this new maid, please let my husband stay here. Please just feed him once a week. Just feed him once a week. And the new maid was about to call the police until the whole family fell down the stairs, blew their cover. And now the new maid, no, the old maid was like, I'm finna record this shit. I got y'all ass. Y'all all, you know, up in here scheming and stuff, they gonna get y'all. Girl, they start fighting each other over the phone. Okay, you spoiling really spoiling it now, because you're telling me the whole nah, movie. You, you got to watch it, though, because the shit is crazy. You got to watch it. That's how I'm going to say. But basically... Are they speaking in uh, Chinese or Japanese? It's in... Uh, I don't know what language this is. It's not in English. I had to read subtitles. Okay, that's all I need Okay, But it was good. Like, it was good. Um, but, like, the whole synopsis is just trying to get you to think about, like, classism, like, social classes, like, mm-hmm. who's poor who's wealthy, the different dynamics that they have. And then also this whole thing about a parasite, like when one part of the parasite gets inside your body and how it grows, and then essentially how it destroys everything around it, you can look at it that way, or you can look at like, um, I don't know, I think that was that's what they were trying to say. But I just thought that like it was brilliantly like written. I thought that the plot was like good. It's a long movie though. Like I think the movie. Let me see how long it is. Cause I was like, dang, this shit ain't over yet. I think it's still in the movie theaters. Hmm, it sounds familiar. Maybe it's that I two I've seen hours the trailer and twelve for minutes. Usually movies are that's, like that's not bad. Movies like ninety minutes or something. No, Queen of Slim is two hours and twelve minutes, be. and I'm how gonna watch every minute Panther? it. Two hours and like fifteen. I See, think. that was a long movie, though. Okay, but I'm saying this, so I'm not surprised because I'm like ninety minutes is not the standard. Endgame was three hours, sure. so it's not the standard anymore. So, you, it's like two and a half or two hours plus. It's like people think anything below that is a short. Yeah, you know, but it like was good. Not that long. So they deserve all okay. the awards. I also saw the bot video by the baby. 
Like, I guess he's finna work on a musical and he had the Jabberwockies oh, yeah. in there. It was a nice I little cute video. I love the baby. Give him all his things. He got nominated for some Grammys today. He's short as fuck. He, he but gives he me like a buff. Cute. He cute. Kevin he cute. Hart. Uh-uh. He looks Rapper nothing Kevin like Hart. Kevin Hart. I didn't say they look alike. I just, he just, that's what he reminded me of. If Kevin Hart was a serious, if Kevin Hart took rap seriously, mm-hmm. I would think he would be the baby. Because the baby is goofy. But he's creative. He's short. He's smart. Yeah, he's smart. He's creative. But I'm saying he's goofy. He's short. He's chocolate. Mm-hmm. He buff. You know, so. Got a dimple. say about that. He likes smiling. Yo, are you, did you listen to the read? Yeah. Daniel Kaluuya was on Yeah, there. I heard it. I was like, wow. I can't wait to see Queen and Slam doing it. And that lady is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Jody Turner Smith. Oh my God, she is so beautiful. I think she should play Storm. Marvel, please <laughs> get on it. But um, that concludes this episode of the Fish and Grits podcast. You can follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Fish. Un- okay, you would say that you would do this shit while I'm talking. <laughs> I'm trying to give out. At Fish underscore underscore Grits. I'm working on the website and the Instagram page. But please like, download, subscribe to the podcast. Um, Next week is Thanksgiving. Um, I hope you guys have a happy one and eat some good-ass food and dessert. I don't want to say anything. I don't care about y'all Thanksgiving because I'm not having my Thanksgiving. Whoa. I care about yours. I care about yours. Oh, okay. Mm. I was a, okay. Mm-hmm. Tread lightly. Mm-hmm. You ain't finna fuck up my holiday. This is my favorite holiday. This is the most wonderful time of it's the year. It's the fuck most Christmas. wonderful time of the year. Cause that food be popping. Anyway, and the memes. The memes are already rolling out. I can't believe that I'm memes. not gonna have dressing. In Turkey. This and no one told you to cheese. stay up there because you didn't want to go to Myrtle Beach. Um, they not going to have that either. It ain't going to be like how it is at home. I guarantee they're going to try yeah. to do something different. Let's go out to eat this Thanksgiving. Imagine if I would have paid a plane ticket to go somewhere just to get there. And they'd be like, you know, we got to switch up. We're not cooking this Thanksgiving. Let's go out to eat somewhere. Oh, my God. I would never talk to my family like... I went okay. for like months. Okay, well, I don't want to take us back around to how we started talking about Thanksgiving because we could go on and this is getting long. Okay, so yeah. I just want to say peace out Bye. to you guys. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>